Man, so glad to see you guys. Uh, if it's your first time at Chi Alpha, I want to greet you. My name's Matt Drain, uh, one of the pastors here at Chi Alpha. And if you uh, did not already, would you please, before you leave here, fill out a Connect card at the welcome table. We got a small gift for you. Uh, we'd like to say hi and get to know you better. Uh, shake my hand before you leave here tonight. I want to meet you. Uh, we do have a very special guest yeah. speaker uh, tonight at Chi Alpha, a very good friend of mine. is Pastor Michael Byer uh, from Believe in Church. If you do not have a church home, Believe in is a fantastic church over on Summer Avenue. Fantastic church uh, to connect with. Um, a couple of you guys, that is your church home. And if you don't have anywhere you go on, go on Sundays, and they'd love to have you there. You guys, welcome Michael. Make him feel at home. Love this view. Appreciate his heart for the Lord. His heart for the city. Uh, and excited you guys get to hear from him. Yeah. All right. So that's going to stay there. <laughs> Where do I? This is going to be interesting. All right. We can do this. Y'all good? No, it's good. It's good. Let's see. Oh, hang on. Okay. All right. There we go. There we go. I can yell if nothing else. That's what I do. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm glad to be here, and I'm honored to uh, be able to spend a little bit of time with you guys uh, on tonight. Um, like Matt was talking about when it, when it comes to church, uh, I, I can remember. It was a minute ago, but I remember being in college, and... I promise you the, the best decision I made when I was in college, and I went to Bible college, went to seminary, that was like what I was there to study and do all this kind of stuff, but the best decision I made was to throw myself into being committed in a local church. Like, like it changed my life, and I don't care where it is as long as they like love Jesus and actually teach you the Bible, but like, like one of the greatest decisions you can make in college is to say, you know what, I'm going to get plugged into a church. Like, I'm going to get for real, like, locked in, and I'm, I believe in their mission. I believe in the vision. I'm going to serve. I'm going I'm to be a part of it. And, like, like I'm not going to allow college to be that time where I got disconnected from the family of God, but the time when I really, like, leaned into the family of God. And so uh, I would encourage you so, so much to do that. Let me get my stuff organized. So y'all been doing, uh, from what I understand, as best as I understand, y'all been doing a... Uh, sort of a collection of sermons. Y'all call them sermons? Talks? Teachings? Yeah. Fireside chats? What do we call them? You know, like, uh, but a collection centered around this idea from Isaiah 55, right? That my ways are higher than your ways. That my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. This is God's idea. And I want to take that and sort of expound on that a little bit tonight by going in a direction that is, um, let's just call it what it is. It's a little weird. Is that all right? Because everybody got weird stuff about them, right? Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I'm going to I'll, I'll get the air last one of y'all here in a minute. You get, like, we all have things that are, that are weird about us because we all have things that we, when I say weird, I just mean things that we feel like everybody else sees as weird. Because most of the stuff that we call weird about ourselves is not, like, objectively weird. It's that we think she thinks it's weird. That's why we want to change stuff. That's why some of us, we look at our bodies right now and think our body is not ready for the beach, <laughs> you know? Like something, something needs to change because the, the beach is coming way faster than my, my beach body. Some people, some people don't like the way their voice sounds. Yeah. You ever been around people and they change their voice as they're talking to you? And it's like they get deep because they realize they don't sound as good. So they, they lower their voice or they'll raise their voice or they'll smooth it out or they'll realize, oh, I sound way too country. And so I need to clean this up. Like, like, and they change as they go. People don't like stuff about themselves, so they try to, they try to change it. Some people don't like.
like where they're from, right? Like, you don't like your hometown. I, 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 I was out of town a few weeks ago, and I was wearing a shirt, uh, like a T-shirt that said Memphis on it. And, and this girl, like, I bumped into her, she was like, oh, you're from Memphis? And I said, I said, yeah, I am. I said, are you from Memphis? And she said, yeah, I am. And before I could even respond, she said, where do you live? And I said, well, I, I, I live in Midtown. I said, where do you live? She said, well, I live in Eads. I said, you don't live in Memphis. <laughs> like, like, what are we talking about? Who are you trying to fool? And then, like, I think she was trying to, like, play me for a second to, like, connect and be like, oh, I'm from the same place you're from. And no, you are not. Like, we, we, these, these are not the same. And, and because we don't like this about ourselves, we'll tweak it or we'll change it. Some people don't like their hair color, so they do it different. Some people don't like their hair count. And so, they, you know, they do different things with that, too. We have all of this this weirdness about us because of what other people may think. And we say, I have to do something like to this thing to change this thing. I got weird things about me. I just rat on myself, if that's all right. I, uh, I have a problem. Like, I have, I have extreme, like, obsessive compulsive disorder. Like, I'm the dude that, like, can't go to sleep if everything's not straight now. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I'm also the dude that, like, Always, when I say always, I mean always, has to be like coordinated in what I wear. Like it is not an accident. And when I say always, I mean when I go to sleep. Like my wife makes fun of me because like my pajama bottoms don't match my pajama top. Like we don't work together. Because you never know. You know the night. You have to run it. You're like, you never know. And like I literally physically cannot do it. It's just, it's an oddity, but it's, it's mine. I wish I could change, but I can't. I, I wish I could change, I would show you, but some of y'all would get offended. Um, Cause like, my middle fingers are weird. They ain't straight. They like, they like working on becoming question marks. I don't know why. Like, like, I don't know, like they can like, both of them like hanging, hanging outside turns. And I don't know why, and it's part of this like, I feel self-conscious about it and I don't, I don't like it, I want it to change. We all have weird stuff about us. We all have stuff that when we, we look at it, we don't like it. That when we try to address it and assess it, we're like, no, 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 that, that about me has to be different. But the thing is, it's not just superficial. It's not just how you look and how you sound and where you're from. Some of it's stuff that's happened in our lives and we look at it and say, that's weird that I went through that. That's weird that I grew up there. That's weird that I don't know him, that I don't know her. It's weird. And we want to get rid of it. Or we want to scrub it like from our life and not ever tell anybody what we've actually been through, who we actually are. But I want to make a statement before we study the Bible. And if you like the Bible, you're going to love tonight. If you don't like the Bible, I am sorry. Uh, but like, I'm going to catch you up. Like Whatever your Bible reading has been for the year, we're about to catch up tonight in the next couple of minutes. Because we're going to read. We're going to read some Bible tonight. But I want to, before we open the scripture, give you this thought. What if what we call weird, God calls potential? What if what we call abnormal? What if what we call, I don't understand that. God looks at you and he looks at me and he says, you know, I could, I could do something with that. Like, like that thing that you wish never happened to, that thing that you don't like to tell people is true about you, that thing, I can actually use that if you'll let me. And so for a few moments tonight, we're going to study the scripture. And just to bring this theme all the way home, we're going to look at a story in the scripture that quite honestly is weird. 
this this story this story you didn't if you went to vacation Bible school they didn't talk about this one like they skipped this one all together they was telling you about Daniel and the lion's den and about Jesus feeding five thousand people they missed this guy right here we are going to uh, study for a few moments from the book of Judges. Which, if you're ever looking for weird stories in the Bible, just go to the book of Judges. Like, there's plenty of them. Uh, a gentleman by the name of Ehud. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard of Ehud, but uh, I'm going to set this up here so I don't trip and I'll do this. I think we're going to be good now. So do this. We're, we're going to read a few verses together. Uh, kind of get some background on Ehud before we do some work together. So if you're ready to read the Bible, say, I'm ready. Oh, no, y'all don't, y'all don't understand who it would like. This is not a monologue. Like, we, we got to talk, okay? So let's try, we're going to try this again. I'm going to run it back and y'all going to say, I'm ready, all right? So, so we ready to read the Bible? Say, I'm ready. That was not really that much better. But uh, we're going to go forward nonetheless, all right? Judges chapter 3 is where we're going to be. I think they got these verses on the screen for you. We're going to start at verse 12. And this is, uh, this is our introduction to Mr. Ehud. Look at what it says. It says, the Israelites again did what was evil in the Lord's sight. This was sort of a common theme in the book of Judges. They kept doing what was evil in the Lord's sight. He gave Eglon, king of Moab, power over Israel because they, Israel, had done what was evil in the Lord's sight. After Eglon convinced the Amorites and the Amalekites to join forces with him, he attacked and defeated Israel and took possession of the city of Palms. The Israelites served Eglon, king of Moab, for 18 years. So just as a pause, for 18 years, they have been literally subjected to the leadership of this outside force. Then the Israelites cried out to the Lord. They recognized after 18 years, they said, God, we need you. And so he raised up Ehud, God did, son of Gera, a left-handed Benjamite, as a deliverer for them. Now, there's a lot of weird sort of little strange little nuggets. I'm like, why did they put that there? But there's something that's to be expected. We find out our gentleman's name here by the name of Ehud, right? Like, that's a very normal thing. Like, like don't you not like being called, hey, pal, hey, friend? You know, like, like you want to be called by your name. So somebody giving you their name is a very common thing. Ehud. And finding out who their daddy is is a very common thing when you see it. Because it's like, which Ehud? Oh, it's Ehud, who's the son of Gira. And finding out what tribe they were from was a very common uh, determination factor because it was almost like, this is what neighborhood I grew up in. I am a Benjamite. The thing that's a little weird that they tell us here is that this man was left-handed. Why on earth would they tell somebody that they're left-handed? Now, maybe this stuck out to me because I am left-handed. Now, they say only 10% of people are left-handed. So how many of you with me, we're left-handed? Left-handed people, the three of us. See, that's why that 10%, right, 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 right. Like, that's probably banged on us. Like, that is what 10% of us. Now, we will connect here for a minute. The rest of it, I'm going to inform them about our realities. Because y'all ain't know nothing about spiral notebooks being, like, of the devil. Y'all know nothing about that. Because where do they put the spiral at? On the left side. So that means the pad of our hand for years trying to learn how to read and write and arithmetic was getting impaled all day long. And then we went home from school because they made us write in pencil with like the whole side of our hand covered up in pencil lead. 
And everything we touch, we touch the car, we touch the window, we touch the wall. Pencil leg goes everywhere. You know why? Because this world ain't built for left-handed folks. It's built for, it's a little, it's a little strange to be left-handed. Had them spiral notebooks. I remember, uh, I grew up in a day before they sort of accepted us left-handed people. And so when I was playing basketball, literally my coach had, he told me, he had never coached somebody who was left-handed. So he's like, you just don't have to learn to shoot right-handed. And you're going to have to learn how to do all these drills right now. I want you to do what I do. So, so like everything I learned, I'm left-handed, but I got to learn how to do it right-handed. When I got to high school, I started playing golf, and I was left-handed. I was like, I went into the little play. I was like, y'all have left-handed clubs. They said, no, learn to play right-handed. So I did. Like, like my, my whole life being left-handed was like this thing you sort of had to overcome. But you know what I learned about being left-handed, too? Is that being left-handed can sometimes surprise people. Because, like, when I play basketball, yeah, I'm, I, I've been taught how to shoot right-handed, but they don't realize when my instincts come out and I go to block a shot, I'm reaching with that left because that's what's normal. And it's right there where the ball is. They weren't ready for it, but there it was. If be, being left-handed has its advantages if you're okay with things unexpectedly happening. Now, this is particularly true for a warrior from the tribe of Benjamin by the name of Ehud. Now, you may not be familiar with what the name Ehud means, but I think it's a little weird in itself. The name Ehud actually means son of my right hand. <laughs> Why is a left-handed dude going to get, that's the most left-handed thing ever. Like the left-handed dude going to get a name that means son of my right hand. Now, right hand meant strength. Right hand meant power. And so it's like son from my power, son from my strength. But the left-handed guy gets a right-handed name. Historically, left-handedness at this time had been seen as an oddity. In fact, in some cultures, they considered it a disability. In fact, literally until the last about 40 or 50 years, parents were encouraged to like correct left-handed children that they were somehow born wrong. Like you should teach your kid to, to go over here and be normal. Let, let's, let's try to forget the fact that they're left-handed because there's, there's probably something wrong with them because they're left-handed. We just need to clean that up. In fact, you may not know this, but during much of time, especially in the Middle Ages, being left-handed was considered evil. They literally thought you were shady because <laughs> you, you don't believe me? It worked its way into language. Something that we call evil, one word we might use for that is that it's sinister, right? Sinister is the Latin word meaning left-handed or to the left side. The, 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 the idea of being left-handed, we fought through a lot, but we made it here. You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 it's abnormal. It's a bit of a struggle. But yet the very first mention we see of our gentleman Ehud here, we find out something weird about him. He's left-handed. Don't you hate it when people bring up that thing about you that you don't want them to talk about every time they introduce you? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, it's like I've been a big boy my whole life. Like, when I was a little kid, I used to think Husky was like a brand. I didn't realize it was like the section that I had to shop in. And so, like, it'd be like somebody introducing me. It'd be like, here's my, here's my friend, Michael. He Husky. <laughs> you know, like, like no, don't, don't talk about this. But yet, yeah, Ehud, when he's introduced to the whole world for the very first time, 
the one who's left-handed. But Ehud didn't despise this left-handedness. He doesn't seem to hate it or put it down, but actually embrace it. And there's a thought I want to give you before we dive into his story and read a little bit, kind of see what happened in Ehud's life. That God can take your strange and make it significant if you'll embrace it instead of trying to erase it. God can take what other people may say is strange about you and make it significant for you. Make it significant for his purposes in the earth. If rather than try to erase it from your story, you'll embrace it and just say, God, maybe somehow you could use this. God, I don't know how. I don't know why. I don't know why this has been true of me. I don't know why people say this about me. I don't know why I was brought up this way. I don't know. But God, if you can use this, then I'm not going to, I'm not going to think like other people think about it. I'm going to embrace it because, because I am left-handed. Listen to what Ehud, it says of Ehud. Picking up in verse 15, halfway through, it says, The Israelites sent him, talking about Ehud, to Eglon, king of Moab, with tribute money. This is something that would have been done every year. That their group of people would have sent money because they, for 18 years, they've been in captivity, 18 years, they've been under this outside leadership. Ehud made himself a double-edged sword 18 inches long. He strapped it to his right thigh under his clothes and brought tribute to Eglon, king of Moab, who was an extremely fat man. The Bible's interesting. When Ehud had finished presenting the tribute, so in other words, he gave him the, the money he was supposed to give him, he dismissed the people who had carried him. At the carved images near Gilgal, he returned and said, King Eglon, I have a secret message for you. The king called for silence, and all his attendants left him. Then Ehud approached him while he was sitting alone in his room upstairs, where it was cool, unlike this room. Ehud said, I have a word from God for you. So the king stood up from his throne. Ehud reached with his left hand and took the sword from his right thigh and plunged it into Eglon's belly. He stabbed his man, all right? Even the handle went in after the blade, and Eglon's fat closed in over it so that Ehud did not withdraw the sword from his belly. And Eglon's insides came out. Ehud escaped by way of the porch. Y'all ain't never read this part of the Bible. Ehud escaped by way of the porch, closing and locking the doors of the upstairs room behind him. Now, that's a little dramatic, but this is just the Bible. Can we just sort of recap what has gone on here so we can make our way forward? He, he, he brought money to get into the king's presence. That's what he was supposed to do. And I know what you think. You think, these people are stupid. He needed some new bodyguards. But maybe he didn't. Because royalty for our, all of time has been protected, Right? I mean, we, we have celebrated royalty. We have honored, we have revered, we have built things for royalty. This king would have been so protected. There would have been layer upon layer of people checking out anyone who would go to see the king. In fact, in some days, some kings literally had you wait to be in their presence, or you had to change clothes to go be in their presence. You had to smell a certain way to be in their presence. It wasn't like Ehud just rolled up in there and was like, yo, I got this money. Where's the king at? Like, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't like that. 
They would have checked him. They knew he was a warrior. So they probably would have checked all of the expected places to make sure he is unarmed. Unless you come in unexpected. Unless what is normal to you is abnormal to somebody else. Unless you come in ready to do something and they had no idea that anyone could do it in that way. How did he get near the king with a weapon? He was left-handed. See, it says that he, he put this, this blade, this 18-inch blade, he put it on his right leg. It was a very common practice for warriors to carry a blade just like this on their left leg. Why? Because when you're right-handed, it's easy to grab. So they would have probably, on the way in, patted down his left leg to make sure that there was no weapon there. They would not have even thought to check his right leg. That's how you sneak into the king's presence with a weapon to stab him in his belly. You know what I'm saying? Like, like because they weren't looking for what you brought. Had he been right-handed, everyone would have seen the weapon and found it when they checked it. But he was weird. And what no one would have expected him to have, God had a plan for him to use. See, because there would have been no warrior who was left-handed. Left-handed warriors would have been thrown out. Left-handed warriors would have not made the cut. Left-handed warriors would have been told and trained, you need to become right-handed so now we know what to expect of you. But this was a left-handed warrior. Can I tell you something just very plain? But God wants to use what you think is weird about you. God wants to use what you think, there's no way God can use this. There's no way God wants to use this. There's no way God has purposes for this season of my life. There's no way that God could take my childhood. There's no way that God could take my upbringing. There's no way God could take this season of my life. This, this struggle. They don't know how hard it is for me. There's no way God could use it. I'm here to tell you, yes, he does. That's what he specializes in. Some of you, you hated the fact that your father wasn't in your life. What you don't realize is what you have tried to cover up by your father not being in your life, God actually wants to use in the next season of your life. Some of you, you hated where you grew up. You hated telling people the, the realities of what life was like for you. You hate talking about how, you know, you guys used to never really know how, what you was going to eat from night to night. And something about you feels like that is abnormal. And God can't use that. And what you don't realize is that's the very thing that God wants to use. If you'll let it. See, I can say this because it took me a long time to get comfortable in my own skin. I, maybe you're sitting here and you feel like I felt. Because when I was your age, I was very uncomfortable in my own skin. I did a very good job of being whatever the environment needed me to be, but I knew I wasn't me. Like, I knew I wasn't giving my full self. Because I'm weird. Like, I have a weird upbringing. <laughs> I've had a weird life. I had weird interests. And somehow, God can use all of those when I let him. Can I tell y'all about a day the other day? that I, It just typifies me being me. So we got done with services a, a couple of months ago on a Sunday. And I had to, I had to get lunch for me and my wife, take it to the house. But I also had um, this project that I had done for a business guy here in the city 
that I need to get paid for, because ain't nothing wrong with getting that check too. You know, so like, so like I had to, I had to make sure both these things happen because I wanted them to happen. Now I had I had on the side here done this website for um for this guy, and I met him to like talk about his website stuff like that at his house in his home office. This is a month before. This man lives in the like Shady Grove area. His house is probably a million, million five. Like it's it's expensive. <laughs> it's, it's nice. And I remember sitting in there and talking with him, going over his project, doing all this kind of stuff. And he was he was impressed with what we could create and do all this. We conversed back and forth and felt very comfortable in that environment. And now it's time for me to get paid. And he's like, oh yeah, yeah, we got the check for you at one of our taco trucks. I said, great. I'm gonna go get tacos, handle lunch, and I'm gonna go get this check and handle this check. And this will be wonderful. So when services get done, it's kind of on the way to my house. I, I swing in, I pull in, and I'm like, hey. Check in here for Mike, and they're like, Oh, yeah. I said, Also, uh, I'm gonna get some tacos. Like, oh, okay, great. So I get this, and I'm and I order my tacos. I got my check in my pocket, and I'm sitting there waiting for my tacos to be delivered. And while I'm waiting for my tacos to be delivered, I hear somebody start hollering my name. But I know they don't know me real well because they are calling me Pastor, which no, nobody calls me <laughs> Pastor. Like, they call me Michael. <laughs> uh, they basically call me Michael. Uh, but but I hear, I hear, Pastor! And it's getting closer to me. Pastor! Yo, Pastor! And so I turn around, and this dude is like kind of half stumbling to me. He's like, Pastor! And it's this guy who had just been coming to the church named AJ, right? And this, this guy, AJ, comes over to me, and he said, Pastor! He said, man, I was in service. That service was so good. He comes up to me this big hug. I think I hugged a chimney. Okay? Like as I'm hugging this dude, it's just like, it's, but, but it ain't, um, what movie was that? Was it Rush Hour? Where uh, Chris Rock said, that ain't a cigarette, that's a cigar weed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, I'm hugging this like weed chimney, if you will. I'm like, yo, man, yo, it's good to see you. What is it? You were in church today? You know, this was in my head. He's like, man, and he's talking to me about the sermon, talking about the church, talking to me about what God is doing. He's like, man, it was so good. I'm so, I'm so grateful. I'm like, yeah, man. He said, man, you gotta come meet my partner. I said, your partner's here. He said, yeah, 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 come on back here. And so, again, I'm waiting on tacos. I ain't got nothing to do. I got my check. I got my tacos on the way. Like, right, let's go. And so we go to the back. And I mean, his partner, this guy is standing there. He's like, man, I wish you made this is my pastor. I've been telling you about. He's like, what's up, man? I said, what's up? And uh, he said, he said, man, I've been, I've been telling my friend I've been going to church. And, and AJ said, you ain't been telling me nothing. And he looked. He's like, what are you talking about? He said, tell the man. He said, tell the man what? That you just got out of jail. I said, what? He said, yeah, this man, he just got out of jail yesterday. And I said, he didn't even tell me about coming to church, but I've been telling him he needs to come to church this morning. I was like, all right, man. You know, so we talked the other day. I got a dude who just got out of jail like eight hours ago. I'm talking to him. And next thing I know, a guy who just got out of jail is telling me about his wife who's sitting in a car who has a little baby that they had just had. And, 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 and like the baby is having problems and they're really worried. And, was, and, and AJ's like, again, AJ. Feel like he behind his guy, but like AJ is like, man, we should pray for her right now. I said, let's do this. Now there's a guy standing in front of the door. This is the part that I missed, kind of figured out. I didn't figure it out immediately when I noticed the guy standing in front of the door where my guy AJ got the weed from. <laughs> this guy, because this guy is actually trying to work a deal right in front of me while we try to put something like, like, man, get to the side real quick. It takes all like, like literally it takes a box, right? Moves it to the side, and I'm like, come on, come on, let's get out. And so. And so we right there in the middle of the taco truck parking lot. We got an interrupted drug deal 
got my boy Hezekiah. I got tacos on the way. I just got done preaching at church, and we're praying for their little baby right there in the parking lot. And then the next second I know we get done praying. Amen. 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 They call my name, and I'm out. Now, I just tell you that as a, that's my life. Every day. <laughs> like, that's not like some special one time. Every day. Today, I, I, I had an owner of a company sit in my office. I was on a, I was in a meeting with a bunch of nonprofit leaders in the city. And also helped probably a half a dozen homeless people that came by looking to us to get food before we actually start serving food in the afternoon. Every day. And you know what it took me a long time to understand? Is them ingredients don't go together, but that's me. That's me. I feel just as comfortable in the middle of a drug deal as I do like in the middle of somebody's like fancy off, like, like perfectly fine. In fact, I remember when I was in Texas, somebody wrote a bio for me for our, little, for our youth ministry website, and they put this with Michael. Uh, he's a white, crappy golfer from the deep southern parts of the Memphis hood. And I was like, yeah, that's me. 100%. That's me. And it doesn't make sense. You know why? Because I walk in some environments, and I can just be real, some environments, I'm too white for them. And some environments are like, what's wrong with you? And some environments, they feel like, like maybe I've got access to too many people who are important. And in other places, they're like, you hang out with who? And you help who? And you're not scared of who? It's like, no. And it's weird. But God uses it. And the more comfortable I've got with whatever the more I've seen God actually be able to use whatever. Some of you don't realize that there are parts of your life, parts of your story, parts of your reality that you keep pushing down. He's like, God can't use that. God can't use my childhood. And God can't use that pain. And God can't use that hurt. Can I tell you, what you've been calling weird about you is the very thing that God can and wants to use. If you're that. Like, as weird as it may seem, as the ingredients that don't go together, I promise you he'll use them. See, if you'll get comfortable with what they call weird, God will find ways to use your weird. If you'll get comfortable with what other people have said, listen, that, that, that don't go together. You can't, you can't be comfortable, like, at the country club and at the club club. Like, you can't be. Yes, you can be. God will use it if you'll let it. Because that's what happened to Ehud. In fact, I want to show you real quick, and then I'm done. Actually, what happened with Ehud. It's an amazing thing that happened with the left-handed guy who stabbed the fat guy, right? Listen to how it resolved. Verse 24, this is what Judges says. It said, Ehud was gone when Eglon's servants came in. They looked around and found the doors of the upstairs room locked, and they thought he was relieving himself in the cool room. So if you're not... Putting it together. He got stabbed in the bathroom. Okay, <laughs> like that's what happened. Like in the cool room up on top. So they, they thought he was just in there using the restroom. The servants waited until they became worried, and so they still not opened the doors of the upstairs room. So they took the key and they opened the doors, and there was their lord lying dead on the floor. Ehud escaped while the servants waited. He crossed over the Jordan near the carved images and reached uh, Sirach. After he arrived, he sounded the ram's horn and throughout the hill country of Ephraim. The Israelites came down with him from the hill country, and he became their leader. 
He told them this, follow me because the Lord has handed you over or handed over your enemies, the Moabites, to you. So they followed him, captured the fords of the Jordan, leaving to Moab and did not allow anyone to cross over. At that time, they struck down 10,000 Moabites, all strong and able-bodied men. Not one of them escaped. And then listen to this. Moab became subject to Israel that day. Remember, for 18 years, Israel had been subject to Moab. That day, Moab became subject to Israel. And the land was peaceful for 80 years. Go read the book of Judges. What you'll find is this constant turnover. Peace and war, peace and war, peace and war, peace and war. The people do what's right in God's eyes. The next day, they do what they want to do. Like, that's the book of Judges. There's not a longer period of peace in the whole book of Judges. This whole, like, about 400 years of Israel's history than when Ehud was used by God in an unexpected way. 80 years of peace. But yet there had to be days when Ehud is going through warrior training, talking about how, God, but why did you make me left-handed? All the warriors are right-handed. All the armor is set up for right-handed. All the swords are right-handed. Why did you make me this way? But that was the very thing that God used. When being left-handed seemed like the thing that held him back, now in the moment that his life is going to change and the course of history is going to change for the nation God called him to, it's the thing that he didn't understand that God used the greatest. So what if God wants to bring what many need through what you don't want? What if God wants to bring help to many because of what you think is weird about you? I remember when I was in college and I felt embarrassed talking about my home because I was in Bible college. I told you, I was in seminary. All these pastor's kids, all these missionary kids, all these perfect looking families. And my parents were divorced. I didn't even hear from my mom. I didn't hear from my father. It was a wreck. And I remember the very first time I was a junior in college and I was preaching in the student ministry I was serving in. And it wasn't in my notes, and I wasn't planning to talk about it. But it was like the Holy Spirit said, talk about your family. And it was the first time I started talking about it. The thing I was trying to bury, the thing I was trying to cover up, the thing I didn't want to talk to anybody about what was actually going on, I shared. And I watched people's, I, I watched students, I, like tears began to cry. And like as you were praying at the altar, student after student after student kept saying, your family sounds like mine. Your family sounds like mine. And it was then that it's like God began to tell me, yo, the stuff that you think is weird, the stuff you think I can't use, the stuff you think that's too broken for me to do something with, that is the very thing I want to use, if you'll let me. That the stuff that you think there's no purpose in it, I can use that. The stuff you've been struggling with your whole life, the stuff you keep tripping over, I can use that, if you'll let me. See, I don't know what you believe God can't use. But if you'll trust him with it completely, he'll use it. He'll use your struggle. He'll, he'll, he'll use. <laughs> See, some people think it's so easy for you to make the grades you make. They don't realize how hard you study. They don't realize the learning disability you've been fighting your whole life. They just think it's easy. And you try to cover it up because you think if a professor finds out or if somebody else finds out, they're going to take your spot. No, what you don't realize is your struggle might minister to somebody that that might be the very thing that God wants to use. 
Some people, they look at you and they think your family was perfect. So she can't understand. He don't know. They don't know what you've been through. But if they did, maybe that would be the very thing God would use to bring healing, to bring peace to their life. They never thought was possible. But we have to get comfortable with our weird, with how God made you, with how he created you. How he put those passions in you, those interests in you, the, those gave you those experiences. Had you lived through that season, he did it. He allowed it. He dropped it into you so that the many could be free. Because you got comfortable with what other people said was weird. So tonight... I want to end just by praying with you and for you. I know we've read the whole book of Judges, or at least, at least the part about Ehud. And my prayer for you is a very simple prayer. It's a prayer that God would, maybe as he's done even in these moments, bring to the front of your mind those things that you disqualified from God using. The mistakes, the screw-ups, the seasons, the things that you did, the things that other people did to you, the things that you're like, God, I don't know how any of this works. God says, if you just trust me with it, I actually want to help a whole bunch of people do what you've chosen not to despise. But if you despise it, you're literally taking it out of God's hand. But if you'll say, God, I give you my heart, I give you my life. And God, you can use all of this. God, I know you can use the stuff that I call weird. God, you can use even stuff as simple as the way I talk or the way I look or the way I act or the, or the things I, 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 I know way more about than the average. You can use that. You can use the, the parts of my past that I try to bury because other people have said that's weird. You can use the dreams in my heart that other people have said, that's weird, that'll never happen. You can use it. And so, Father, I pray for every one of these students listening right now. That they would just have the faith enough right now to say, God, I give this to you. Like that old song said, take my hands and my feet. Touch my heart, Lord. Speak through me. I believe if you can use anything, God, you can use me. And so, Father, that's our prayer when we give you our weird. As we say, God, use it to help somebody else. Use it for the honor of your great name. Use it to minister. Use it to help. Use it to set free. Use it to connect. Use it to change. But God, just use it. And use it for your glory and your glory alone. God, I pray that whatever shame may try to tell any student would be shut down in Jesus' name. 
Because it's shame that so often wants to knock at the door and tell us that, that, that God can't use that. That's unredeemable. And no, 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 it's not unredeemable. You will use anything that we place in your hands. So God, we give you all of our life, all of our past, all of our future, and we trust it in your mighty and powerful hands. Completely. God, I thank you for being the God who doesn't need us to be perfect, doesn't need us to have followed and looked like the template. But God, you'll use our personality, and you'll use our struggle, and you'll use our strength, even if other people say it's a weakness, for the honor of your great name. God, I pray you do that exponentially through these students. Jesus, we pray all this in your name. And everybody said, amen. Amen, man. Chance, appreciate that. Encouraged by that. Well, God wants to use you. Not the sad and you fat kings, but he wants to use you for, for other stuff. He's got other plans, better plans. Um, not going to be me, I can, I can step that king. Lose my whole sword and everything. Um, we just have a couple things uh, to remind you guys about. If you're going on the retreat, we are leaving at 45. Think 145. All right, so you don't get left at 2. So we're going to meet at the DC clock tower, 145. Uh, yeah, bring, bring all your stuff. We're going to load up and we're going to be gone about uh, 2 o'clock. It's going to be good. Uh, we're in a short, uh, so if you're on the spring break project trip, short meeting right over here, right after service to talk about that a little bit. Uh, so you can meet the rest of the team and, and kind of figure out logistics for that. Uh, and the other thing we do at the end of every service, we pray for different unreached people groups. So for this week, uh, we are praying uh, for the, I'm going to get where I can actually see it, the Shane people of Bangladesh. Uh, Bangladesh there is going to be uh, just east of India. So if you're familiar with India, where India is there in, uh, in, in South Asia, Bangladesh is going to be just east of there. And the uh, Sheikh people there, it's a Muslim people group, and for them we're going to be praying um, that current ministry to the Sheikh would be fruitful and that the Sheikh would be convicted of their sin resulting in repentance. So we pray for these people groups and we call them unreached people groups because there, there's not there's not Christians, you know, living among them. There's not a church on every corner like there is in Memphis, right? They don't have access to the gospel like we do, so we're praying for them, praying that God would send believers to live among them, proclaim the gospel to them. Uh, we're going to pray for these shaped people. So, Father, we do. We lift them up to you. Uh, God, we know that you love and care about uh, the Bangladesh people, the Sheikh people, people groups specifically among the Bangladesh people. God, that you love them, that Jesus died for them. And God, we pray that ministry among them would be fruitful, that you would call uh, believers uh, to live among them. God, that believers among the Sheikh would boldly proclaim the gospel, the hope they found in Jesus, uh, and that many would come to know you because of their faithful witness, God. And we pray for the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Uh, to call people away from sin and idolatry into a place of repentance and communion and relationship with you, Father. Uh, God, nothing's too hard for you. Nothing's too difficult for you. And tonight we lift up the shake to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. Have a fantastic rest of your week. And go challenge people to follow Jesus. Amen.